0: Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the gathering of Recreate Church. All right, you may know the motto, so help me shout it out for the people who will catch this in recorded form later on. That here at Recreate Church, our motto is, no matter your story, you are welcome, you are wanted, and you are loved. I'm excited today to have Nick Dowdy with us to bring the word um, some of you got to know Nick, some of you are getting to know him better, he's a, he's a cool guy and he's uh, uh, really a blessing to me. Hey, I want to remind you that we're doing our small groups starting up pretty soon. The sign-ups are back here on the table and you can also talk to David and Lucy. Um, small group study for Ephesians is planned to begin on Tuesday, September 28th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. right here in this location, uh, right here at the Lord's Corner. So you can talk to David and uh, get your book there. Where you at, David? Where's he at? He's back here, so you can wave. There he is. He's back there in the in the back row. Um, and uh, we're planning to provide a sitter for those who have children, all right? And that's something that won't be at cost to you. The church will take care of that. So if you have kids that need to be occupied during that time, and you got to bring them. We'll make sure that there's somebody here with them, uh, someone who is vetted by our, our uh, background checks and all of that. You know, we always do that. So uh, you can, uh, let's see here, if you're interested, uh, also, if you uh, would like to be one of those sitters, talk to Lucy, and she can uh, hook you up with that, all right. If you'd like to do the 12-week study, but you can't meet at that time, if the Tuesday at 6.30 thing doesn't work, talk to David, and we'll see if we can work something out there. Uh, Still doing sign-ups for the Crown Financial Ministry, David's going to work on that. Uh, This program is a great tool to assist those, uh, assist us in better spending and saving practices. It's a great idea. It's good stuff. So, I told you today we have Nick Dowdy who's going to come and speak to us about seasons. I'm excited to have him with us. So, can you make him feel very welcome as he takes the stage and shares the word of God with us? All right, man, you got this. Good
1: morning. Good morning, everyone. be in front of the camera, just where I like to be. That's a joke. I don't like being in front of the camera. Anyways, uh, I want to go ahead and open us up in prayer just really quick, uh, so if you want to join me. Uh, Dad, I come to you in the name of Jesus, and I just want to thank you for this opportunity, and I want to thank you uh, that I've been trusted to deliver a message to these people, and I just ask that it will glorify you and bring us closer to you, and that these will be your words, and if anything that I speak isn't coming from you, I pray that it'll fall onto deaf ears, so that it has no place in here. But I pray that every word that comes from you will have power, and uh, speak to our spirit, and help us to walk out of here with um, an understanding of where we're at, and what season we're in. And we love you, and we thank you. And it's in Jesus's name that I ask all these things. Amen. Cool. So, like Michael had mentioned, Um, Some of you may know me, some of you may not, so I just wanted to sort of take a second to introduce myself a little bit more. My name's Nick, uh, Nick Dowdy. I grew up in this area, uh, and I grew up in a household that believed in God's existence but didn't necessarily follow uh, or live by his word. Um, Like a lot of families around in this area, because we live in the Bible Belt. Uh, I accepted Christ in high school uh, at the FCA and I wanted to take a second and share a story about that message, because I don't know if uh, what your salvation experience was like, but for me, there was a message that was given, and it has stuck with me ever since, and I just, I think it's really cool. Um, the preacher was talking about eternity, and the way that he described eternity, I'll never forget. He described it as a bird taking each individual grain of sand from every single beach on this earth, all the way to the moon, doing that one grain of sand at a time until every single beach has no more sand, and that's only the beginning of eternity. And I'll never forget that. I don't know. It just it stuck with me, and I think it's really cool, and I wanted to share that with you guys. Um, so I accepted Christ in high school, and my growth in Christ and following him really started at First Baptist Church. Uh, Michael was actually the pastor at that time, and also at a ministry called Battleground. It is uh, specifically for teens, and Diana Hill and Shannon Brown run that. Um, these are the places that my foundation uh, for following Christ was laid, and it it was very vital to me uh, learning about who I am. I had opportunities to preach and teach at Battlegrounds, and I met a lot of different people because it used to be not so much anymore, but it used to be a venue for bands to come and play that would minister to the kids that came, and so we had people come in from different places, and I met a lot of people in Richmond that I ended up being friends with. And so after gradua- graduating high school, um, I first went to college, failed college my first semester because I just stopped doing my work. So, um, And then after that, I was working at Mount Rogers, and then I felt a prompting from God to move to Richmond to be in community with some of those friends that I had met. Um, and I lived there at the start of 2019, and I was there for a year. Um, This was a year of growth and cementing of my identity as a son of God. I went on a mission trip to Thailand and Cambodia while I lived in Richmond. It was very life-changing. It was with an organization called Destiny Rescue, and they focus on saving children from sex trafficking and then helping them uh, move back into a normal life. And after living there for a year in Richmond, I moved back here and got married to my lovely wife, Grace, Um, and we've been married for a year and we've been living just right up the road in Hillsville, and that's a short story of my life. (laughs) Um, But today, what I really want to talk to you guys about is seasons, and I want to also make sure that we all know what I mean by seasons. I don't necessarily mean the changing of the weather Um, because when you live here when the weather changes it varies by day not by season Um. (laughs) and so what I mean by that is different periods of life that we go through and sometimes especially in the church atmosphere we refer to it as being on the mountaintop or being in the valley and sometimes we're somewhere in between just sort of floating along and so when I talk about seasons that's what I mean And I personally believe that there is more to these seasons of life than simply being high and low points. I believe that God gives every single season a specific purpose. I believe that God has a lesson for us to learn in every single season, and there's nothing that's wasted in them. So my desire for this message is to simply encourage you with God's heart towards you no matter what season you may find yourself in, And I pray that as we go through different types of seasons that God will highlight which one that you are currently in if you're not aware of it already. Um, And that you'll learn how to respond to him in it. And so the first type of season that we're going to start with is the seasons of hardship and trial. So we're going to jump right into the one we all love. Um, I first want to read a scripture to you from John 16, 33. And it says... And this is Jesus speaking. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And so he gives us a lot of promises here, and he tells us that we're going to have times of hardship in our life. He, guaranteed, absolutely, he doesn't promise that the hardship's going to come from him, but he gives us a warning and tells us that ultimately it's coming and it's not avoidable. But thankfully, he follows that up with some good news and says that he's overcame everything in this world. He tells us that he has overcome all darkness and sin in the world and that we can find hope in that. And the reason we can find hope in that is because since he has overcame, he has chosen to share that victory with us when we've accepted Christ. And so I want to ask: Are you in a season of tribulation, or are you in a time of uh, in your life where you're struggling? Do you feel weak, or are you in a season of depression and anxiety? Sadly enough, these are realities that we go through, and it's not always fun or easy to talk about. But if we're not talking about it, then it's not going to go anywhere, and we're not going to come out of that season. And so. When we find ourselves in times of struggle, it is easy to feel hopeless. Uh, depression can set in and panic attacks can run rampant. We can have bursts of unexplained anger. Other times, numbness can set in and we feel nothing at all. Suicidal thoughts can even come into play. And because of these things, sometimes we withdraw ourselves from people physically, mentally, and emotionally. And I'm, I've did these things. I don't know if you guys have, but I have. And it, it's important to talk about. And so if, if you find yourself in a season like that right now, I want you to know that you're not alone in your struggle. I want you to know that you don't have to bear that weight by yourself. If you're here today listening and you feel that way, you're surrounded by a family who wants to support you. You're surrounded by people that love you. And as brothers and sisters in Christ, we are called to bear one another's burdens. So if you find yourself in a season of hardship and you find yourself in a season of struggle, don't don't walk by it, uh, walk in it by yourself. Just to continue to be vulnerable, um, I personally struggle with seasonal depression. uh, And it comes in during the winter months of every single year, um, as it does for a lot of people. And for me, I believe that it's been specifically tied to a childhood trauma Not a specific one, but just general childhood traumas that tended to happen in winter months when I was a kid. They tended to happen every single year around that time. And so I, for me, personally know that that comes every single year. It comes every single year, and I cannot avoid it. I know it's coming, and maybe God will heal me of it completely one day on this side of eternity, but if he doesn't, that's okay. I believe and have faith that even on my darkest day, he will be there with me. And even if I I cannot feel him, he is still there and he still loves me the same. And so, again, if you find yourself in a season of struggle, I want to encourage you that God is still with you. Maybe it feels like you've been abandoned or forgotten, but you haven't. He still loves you the same. Don't give up hope in him. He's still on your side. Another scripture that I want to share with you, if you find yourself in one of these seasons, is Romans 8.28. And it says, and we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. I will not stand up here and tell you that I know how God will work out seasons of depression and hardship for your good, because it is beyond my comprehension. But I can tell you that that's a promise that he has for you and that he's going to do it. Because he comes through on his word. And so if you've accepted Christ, you are called according to his purpose. You fall within that promise. If you are a son or a daughter of God, he is going to work out the hardships that you have in your life for your good, one way or another. And so, seasons of hardships are never fun, they're never easy, but there's lessons that we can learn from them. And the next type of season that I want us to talk about and discuss a little bit and this is the one that we'll probably spend the most time on, <laughs> is seasons of growth and cleansing. So a lot of the times after we come out of season of hardship, we're coming out of a state of survival. At least that's, that's how I felt when I would come out of, states of har- uh, seasons of hardship. Because when we're in a season of uh, hardship and trial, we go back to our coping mechanisms. When we find ourselves in a hard place, We go to what makes us feel okay and helps us to get through whatever is going on, right? And so during these seasons of trial and hardship, we tend to default back to unhealthy coping mechanisms that we learned as a child. And this is how we survive the times of hardship, and it's only natural that that's what we do. We have to make it through. We want to make it through, and so we do what we have to make it through. And sometimes that means surviving, And so just some examples of unhealthy coping mechanisms in case you're not understanding what I'm saying or having a hard time thinking uh, or figuring out what yours may be. Sometimes it's drinking excessively, spending money on things you don't need, withdrawing from loved ones, hiding away in your work, struggling to maintain a healthy relationship with food, jumping from romantic relationship to romantic relationship, and many other things. The list goes on and on. Um, and so, again, to be vulnerable, my personal unhealthy coping mechanisms uh, growing up were video games and pornography. Um, video games, and I, I just want to make a point, video games in themselves are not inherently evil, right? But for me, they had became my ultimate source of comfort and escape from the difficulty that I had in my life, Right? And so that made them an idol, and therefore video games became a sin in my life. They kept me from being connected with God fully and allowing him to be what he is for us, which is our ultimate comfort and our ultimate uh, source of comfort. (laughs) Um, And so I also know that porn is an uncomfortable topic to talk about when we're in church or really anywhere. But I wanted to take a minute and draw some attention to it because in this moment, in in this day and age, it is rampant. And it is also a silent pandemic within the church. It's not talked about. It's not drawn light to because it's so uncomfortable. Right. And so what I want to do is just tell you a a few stats about porn use in the church that will most likely make your skin crawl (laughs) because they made mine crawl. So. The first one is that there's 70% 70% of youth pastors report having one teen come to them for help with porn in the past month when this study was done, 70%. 68% of regular church attending men, so anyone that's just a part of the congregation, an elder or whatever, and 50% of pastors view porn on a regular basis. 76% of Christian adults ages 18 to 24, man or, or uh, male or female, actively search for porn regularly. 33% of Christian women under the age of 25 search for porn once a month. A lot of the times, the narrative is that porn is simply a man's problem, and that's just not the case. That's not the truth. Satan will... Uh, make Christian women or women in general feel isolated that this isn't something that other women struggle with and that's just not the truth. And only 13% of self-identified Christian women say they have never watched porn and 87% of Christian women say that at one point in their life they have watched it. Porn is something that if it's left in the dark, it will continue to grow and rot the church from within. And I don't want our church to become a part of those statistics. We as the church have a responsibility to each other and to the world to discuss these topics. And if we aren't the ones having the dialogue, the rest of the world's going to fill in the silence. So if we don't know where we stand and if we don't know how to address this problem, it's not going to go anywhere and it's only going to continue to cause chaos and dysfunction within families and within church families. So, if you're struggling with that, come to me, come to Michael. We can pray with you and help you come up with a plan of action. I fought against porn for since I accepted Christ. <laughs> so, that's been uh, seven years. Uh, whenever I lived in Richmond, that was when I really was able to start to come out and see things differently and come up with a plan to quit. The usage of it to quit my usage. Um, and I can tell you that a lot of things come back once you quit your usage. Your desire to be artistic, your desire to be connected to people all come back and it's worth it. But, anyways, I just wanted to take a second and address that because it, it is a real problem. Um, so, switching gears back, no matter what your unhealthy coping me- mechanism may be, uh, God still wants you. God still wants you to come back to his table and dine with him. He loves you right where you're at. He doesn't hold it against you. He wants to wash your conscience clean again and renew your strength of heart. And so I want to read you Hebrews 10.22, just for some encouragement, because I know that's heavy. Uh, Let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him, For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. So whenever we come out of these seasons of hardship, we will be going into a season of cleansing, a season of repentance, and then after that repentance and cleansing comes a season of growth, right? And so before the growth can come, we have to deal with whatever mess we may have picked up during the seasons of hardship. And God wants more for us than for us to be in a cycle of destruction. He wants, uh, he wants to meet us where we are in our mess, the mess that we pick up while we're in those seasons of hardship, but he doesn't want us to remain in it. He will cleanse us, clean us up and then help us to move forward. And so these opportunities for growth can be presented in many different ways. Um, it may be a prompting from God pushing you to quit your job that keeps you from your family. I personally had to, to do that, and we didn't have a backup plan, but God told me to quit, so I did. Um, he may prompt you to take a leap of faith and go on a mission trip overseas to spread the gospel, or even scarier, he may prompt you to go to Walmart and share the gospel with a stranger. He may tell you to sell your car to someone in need. Whenever I was in Richmond, uh, I went to this church, and um, they uh, we went there just for one Sunday, and they were giving a testimony of a man who had his had this truck. He worked out of his truck. He had all of his tools. He was like a home handyman that people would call up to come and fix their house, right? And so this truck was his job. But God told him to sell his truck to this person that he knew at the church that was in need to sell it to him for a dollar. And he did it. He did it. And then God ended up giving him a brand new truck, the one that he wanted, because the word got around at this, I know, right? Word got around to the dealership uh, that he was going and talking with and looking at this truck at, and then he ended up getting that truck. And so I'm not telling you that God's going, if you sell your car for a dollar, he's going to give you your dream car. But what I am telling you is that if you trust God and you take that faith and put faith in what he's prompting you to do, rather it makes sense or not, he's going to have something better on the other side. He doesn't tell you to do something without a reason. So for me, again, to be vulnerable, because that's part of the theme that I like to have in my messages, the most recent opportunity for growth that God presented me with, which may seem silly, was selling my gaming PC. As I had previously mentioned, um, video games were a main coping mechanism for me since I was little. Uh, So it was a pretty big deal. Um, Video games gave me a sense of accomplishment, community, joy, and escape. And so as I've been married, I've began to find healthier coping skills uh, and also less time to play my games. <laughs> and, and so it got to the point that every time I played it, it was no longer me enjoying my time. It was me reaching back for a season I was no longer in. And so it simply brought me pain. Um, I, wanted it, I wanted it to provide the same sense of joy and comfort as it did in the past, but it just it couldn't anymore because that's not the season that I'm in. And so God began prompting me to sell it. I did, and it's gone. And so after selling my PC, which this, this was a uh, flea market weekend that I sold, sold it, so it hasn't been very long at all. Um, ever since selling it that flea market weekend, I've felt a shift in my mindset. I've uh, felt myself not uh, cling to that past season anymore. And because of that, it's allowing me to see things differently. Within my marriage, it's allowing me to be more present, and it's pretty cool. Believe it or not. <laughs> um, also, like I had mentioned with the car story, one of the cool things that God does when He prompts us to give up something that is super valuable to us, um, it's always for a good reason. He always has something better in mind. And whenever I had sold my PC, uh, gradually coming up to when I sold it, I had began finding an interest in golf again. Um, because I had played in high school, but I wasn't any good, and I'm still not any good. But um, I still enjoy it. And so he, he gave me this new hobby, and it provides all the same things that the games do, but in a healthier way, and it also fits the new season of life that I'm in. Um, and so I just want to encourage you that if God's prompting you to do something, to give up something that seems vital to your life, there's a reason that he's doing it. And so if you find yourself in a season of growth and cleansing, I want to encourage you to continue reconnecting with God. Continue to work through the mess and repent of that mess so that your heart and conscience can be clear when you approach him and you can go to him in confidence. And to also encourage you to continue to push forward with whatever he's prompting you to do, no matter how uncomfortable it is. There's a reason that he's doing it. Um... And so don't be discouraged by your mistakes or allow them to hold, your ba- hold you back. Jesus' blood has given us all the way back to the table of God, and he has a seat and a warm hug waiting for you there. So the last kind of seasons that I want to talk about is uh, the seasons of thriving and happiness. We're getting to the part that we like. Uh, this last kind of season is the one that we wish our life could have permanently. Um, <laughs> at least I do. Um, it's where everything seems to be going right. The bills could be paid off. You just bought your dream car. You found a new romantic relationship that honors God. Or you've truly found happiness in your singleness. And it's that's possible, I promise. Um, you don't have to be married or in a dating relationship to be happy. That's a lie from Satan in the world. Um, and I could go on a rant about that, but I'm not going to. So... A season of thriving tends to come after a season of growth, because it's during that time of growth that we really start to feel reconnected with God, and then once we feel reconnected with God, we feel this sense of confidence, and our outlook on life is more positive, right? After we've reconnected with God, and we feel close to his heart, and we feel like we've, we've grown, you know, there's this sense of, like, pride, there's this sense of happiness and joy that comes with that, and that's a good thing, because when that happens, our view of life becomes more hopeful, Um, as I had mentioned previously, when I lived in Richmond, it was uh, a season of growth for me. Uh, God continued to teach me about my identity there as a son, and God built, I I also just want to preface this, that God built this foundation of my identity over a course of seven years. This didn't all happen in one year while I lived in Richmond, but it was in Richmond that he solidified it. It was in Richmond that it's sort of that foundation was finished, and he began to push me to build off of that foundation and go go forward, right? Um, And so, there were many different sub-seasons in those seven years, but they were all focused on bringing me to understanding who I am to him. And as this season came to an end, I found myself getting married to my lovely wife. And uh, this was a season the start of a season of thriving for me, and it has been wonderful, and I really hope it's been a season of thriving for her, too. But we'll have to ask her. (laughs) Um, No comment. Okay. Uh, And so I'm currently still in this season of thriving. I'm still in this season of uh, joy and happiness, and I, like I said, I hope my wife is, too. Um, And so I also have to admit, that during this season of thriving and happiness, that it has become very, 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 very easy for me to become passive about pursuing God as I should. Complacency creeps in once we've found ourselves in a season of thriving. And for me, complacency crept in and God took a back seat. When you have a wife as wonderful as mine, who is very driven and takes care of things and makes decisions and is very independent, it's a very easy to take a back seat, and, but that's not what God's called us to as men, first and foremost, as a little tangent. And it's not what he's called any of us to um, as believers. And so during this season of thriving, uh, it, sorry, back up, got tongue-tied. It is during this season of thriving that our attitudes tend to change from needing slash chasing God to I've got what I need and I'm good here. And so it's during this season of thriving that becoming lukewarm happens, because when we become lukewarm, it doesn't happen during seasons of hardship or growth, because during seasons of hardship we're either clinging to God because that that is possible right you don't have to go back to those unhealthy coping mechanisms if if i If you felt like I threw that into a mass clump i'm sorry that's not that's not true. sometimes we cling to God during hardships but Sometimes we don't, and also it doesn't happen during seasons of growth because during that time we're reconnecting with him and we feel that fire, we feel that spark, right? And so it, this this lukewarmness tends to try to creep in and Satan tries to get it to come in whenever uh, we leave our flame unattended while we enjoy the summer sun, Right? And so the main thing that I want to encourage you with if you're in a season of thriving is to protect your fire that you have for God. Don't allow Satan to come in and destroy it or put it out. Protect it from complacency. Don't become stagnant in your relationship with God. Rejoice in the good gifts that have come in the season of thriving, that have taken full effect from the seasons of growth. Rejoice in those and enjoy them because they are good and they come from God. But don't forget where they come from. Don't get to the point that you're worshiping the gifts that he's given you rather than the giver. And there's a scripture that I would like to share with you uh, on this subject, and it's from James 1.17. And it says, Every good gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. I love that scripture because it is such an absolute truth and covers so many questions that we may have. God doesn't change, and we we know that as a general rule of thumb in church, right? But it also says that there isn't any variation in him, uh, and every good gift comes from him. Every good gift that we have in our life comes from him, and so because of that, we know where to look for the source of the good gifts that we want to receive. And on the flip side of that, just because we think something's good, doesn't necessarily mean it would be a good gift, and so if God doesn't see it as a good gift, you're not going to get it. Sorry for all of those who want your dream car; it may not be a good gift for you right now. Um, so ultimately, like I was saying, if you're if you find yourself in a season of thriving and happiness, that's that's great. It's awesome. Continue to rejoice. Share share that joy with others. Um, don't don't undermine that, but protect. Fire, protect that desire to grow closer to God. Don't allow complacency to creep in. Um, and I feel like that's just a super easy thing to do. We get into the the routine of life. Man, my wife and I talk about me all of the time and my problems. And um, <laughs> and one of the main ones that I have is that I love my routine. And every time there's a wrench thrown in my routine, I get all out of whack and upset and anxious and I don't know what's happening. Just this morning, I was telling her, I was back there at the uh, check-in table and I was, speaking of which, if if you want to volunteer for children's ministry, do that. But I was back there at the check-in table for the children's ministry and I was like, man, my routine's thrown off again. Usually I'm back here eating my biscuit, checking kids in and then waiting for the message and then listening to the message and then going home and now I'm back there. She took my job. I'm still eating my biscuit, but it, it's it's changed, so here I am, being a wreck. Not to mention, I'm giving a message, but um, thank you, thank you. Uh, so, where was I even going with that? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Routines. Routines are very easy to become complacent in. Thank you. Um, and so when, when that happens, <laughs> it's not so bad, and don't quote me on it later, uh, it's not so bad when routines are broken because it keeps us aware of what we have and where we're at, right? Um, so again, if you find yourself in a season of thriving and happiness, enjoy it, but continue to grow, please. Don't, don't let lukewarmness creep in. Uh, God does not like lukewarmness at all. He says he will spit us out of his mouth. I don't want to be spat out. So the last thing, the last thing that I really want to discuss as we begin to wrap up here is the importance of taking inventory of every single season that we go through, right? As, as we go through seasons of hardship, as we go through seasons of growth, as we go through seasons of thriving, it's very easy to go from season to season and forget about previous ones. It's very easy to forget the lessons that you learned when you were broke once you actually have some money and then go be dumb with it i i'm guilty of that it's easy to forget about the things that the hope that you had during the seasons of thriving the the joy that you had during seasons of thriving when you find yourself in a season of hardship and so i i want to encourage you that as seasons come and go you take inventory you take note and I, however you want to do it like have a journal, have a a board at the house where you just write things down to keep yourself, to remind yourself of what God's done and what's happened in past seasons so that as you move forward, um, you don't lose track of that. The Israelites used to make, uh, what's the word? Uh, Altars, right? Maybe. They, They would stack the stones and different things like that to remind themselves and their children of what God's done so they wouldn't forget, right? And We can learn from that. That's still important to us today. Um, And so, as seasons come and go, I also want to let you know that they will play different parts in your sanctification. I want to encourage you to take inventory of what God is teaching you in each season and to not forget the lessons from them. Don't forget the hope that you felt in seasons of thriving, and don't forget what it's like to connect with God's heart during seasons of growth. God intends for our seasons to build on one another. God uses every experience we have for good. So don't hold too tightly to seasons of the past and miss out on what uh, on what God is doing in the now, what's that new something that God is doing. And so as we close, I just want to ask you again, what season are you currently in? What is God trying to teach you? Do you need your church family to rally around you in a season of grief? If you're in a season of grief, do you need us to come around and pray for you? Are you in a season of rejoicing and want to share that with others around you? Are you in need of accountability during seasons of thriving to keep, that, keep chasing that fire? What opportunities for growth have God, has God given you? What is he prompting you to do? What, are, what is that prompting that you've just sort of been pushing off because you've got to go get the kids, you've got to go to your job, you've got to go pay the bills? What is that thing that God keeps putting on your spirit that you need to go do that you're just sort of ignoring? Are you in a season where you just aren't feeling or hearing God anymore? Because those happen. Um, Are you in a season where you've fallen back into your habitual sin? No matter what season you're in, I want to encourage you that the Lord will meet you there, and you don't have to walk any of these seasons alone. I also want to say that if you don't identify easily with any of the things that we've talked about, uh, I'll be praying and I, I would ask you to pray that God will reveal to your heart where you're at because you're not forgotten or overlooked. Um, sometimes life just gets so hard and busy that we aren't aware of what he's actually doing in our life. So uh, with all of that, I would like to close us in prayer. And if you guys have any questions, concerns, or arguments, feel free to find me afterwards and we can talk. Um, cool. So, Dad, uh, I come to you in the name of Jesus again, and I want to thank you that, again, for this opportunity. I want to thank you that every single season has a purpose. I want to thank you that there's nothing that's wasted during seasons of hardship. I want to thank you that there's seasons of growth where we feel that fire and we feel connected to you and we, we feel like we're moving forward. I want to thank you for seasons of thriving. I want to thank you for all the good gifts that you decide to bless your children with because you were good and you love us and you give nothing but good gifts. And I just want to ask that you'll help us to take inventory, to not forget what we've learned from previous seasons, but to continue to push into a relationship with you, to continue to grow more intimate with you because ultimately that is all of our main goals as believers, sons and daughters, we are meant to move into further relationship with you and know you better. And so I pray that every season we go through will push us and sanctify us to look more like you and to be closer to you. Um, We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus's name that we pray these things.
0: Amen. Thank you so much, Nick. We appreciate you. you. Did a great job. Sorry for the loud noise there. That was, I would love to tell you that was the Holy Spirit showing up, but it was just a little technical difficulty. So uh, so yeah, it's just a, it's a new season, Nick. God bless you all. Thank you for being a part of what we do. Continue to pray, pray for Nick, pray for Grace, awesome young couple. And we just really, I'm on Team Dowdy all the way. I want to see them have this amazing life that God's called them to. Uh, continue to pray for our church. You know, lots of things ahead. We got a lot of work to do. There's a lot of people around here who need to know that Jesus loves them and some people care about them. And, and I think we're called to do that. So uh, let folks know that we're here at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings and six o'clock on Sunday evenings. Six o'clock service is outside. So if you're in one say, hey, I'm a little leery about going inside. Well, we still have the evening service and you can come in outside. You can, can go by Willie's Drive-In down here. Get yourself a hot dog and get one for the preacher for after and uh, come in and, and have, uh, be a part of the, the worship service. God bless you guys. Uh, thank you again, Nick, for the message. Give me a lot to work on, man. I appreciate that so much. Hope you all have a wonderful week. We'll send you off with a little music. We'll see you next time.